Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. It's week 13 and this show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. I'm Mike Graham, joined by Brian Navarrete as usual. Uh, it's uh, the area round of, of the postseason and uh, it's, it's a pretty big area if you're a fan of a Lubbock area high school football team. It seems like all these games are against uh, teams from, from way out there. Uh, we've identified four games we want to talk about today. I think they're the most interesting uh, not so ironically, they're, they're some of our, our biggest schools, you know, trying to generate uh, an audience. I know a lot of teams have fallen out, and I, I think that um, a lot of people can get behind these Lubbock area teams as, as they carry the, the Lubbock banner into the, the deeper round of the playoffs. And the first game I want to look at is um, Lubbock Estacado, which is 10-1 and against Wichita Falls Hershey, which is 9-2. and 7 p.m. game at Shotwell Stadium. And this is a dangerous game, I think, for the Matadors uh, when, when, you, when you look at it. Uh, this team is pretty evenly matched with them, and they have a great running back, whereas the Matadors have a great running back tandem of Jeremiah Dobbins and Kamitrick Williams. These guys have a guy named DiMarque Foster, 2,760 yards, 37 touchdowns, 201 touches. That's a pretty awesome number. Yeah, those are some big numbers. So uh, if you're Estacado this week, I'm pretty sure you're working on slowing down the run game, which, you know, they're able to do as far as, you know, that uh, comes to the line. Uh, defensively, uh, they had a really good game last week in the uh, by-district round. And uh, what's even more impressive is Royce Wellington. Uh, from that game he was actually I wish I could have uh, been able to tally his tackles because his name was constantly over the intercom and actually uh, some of my former coaches were very complimentary of him asking uh, where he's going to college already you know if somebody's not swooped him up yet they need to yeah yeah he's uh, projected to be a very late steal for for a program the the problem for Royce has always been his weight uh, but I know that he has dropped a little bit of weight since the beginning of the season. Naturally, you're going to do that. Uh, and I think that coaches want him at, at about 300 pounds uh, going forward. And he's, he's nearing that mark. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. And, um, you know, you got to see the, them play Mountain View the uh, second time. I got to see Estacado play Mountain View in Lubbock during the regular season. So let's, let's put two and two here. You know, I, I feel like talking to Marcus Shavers that they felt like they were light years better against Mountain View the second time, even though the score was only a three-point differential. You know, they had won the regular season, meaning 42 nothing, and won the uh, first-round playoff game 45 to nothing. I think defense, he might have been – or uh, the reference might have been towards the defense. I think they're better defensively now mm -hmm. than they were the first time that they played them. Um, you know, they had four turnovers in that game. I believe it was three interceptions and one forced fumble recovery. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about takeaways? Uh, yes, takeaways, yeah. sorry. Um, but, yeah, defensively they played really well, like I said. Up front, uh, actually, Royce Wellington, and I, I wish I had mentioned this in, in my gamer, but he uh, chased the running back down from behind. So he, uh, I believe he's lost the weight, and I think he's gotten even faster because that was impressive uh, when we were watching the game. And um, – no, everybody on that defense has really come a long way, and I think they're really clicking. I think that's very special whenever you're this far down the stretch is, you know, the chemistry that you build and some of the things that you're able to do. Um, they relied heavily on their run game as they have in the past, took some shots downfield, and uh, whenever Bo Sims is able to connect with his wide receiver, all the wide receivers are very talented. They're able to go up and get the ball. Um, they're hard to match up with as, in terms of, you know, speed and strength and height even. 
Um, in this game, I think we might see them try to air the ball out a little bit more. Um, I, I'm not sure if it'll be in what situation, but uh, it, we'll, we'll see a potent run game from Estacado, uh, an impressive defense, and maybe some more passing, especially in this air, this round of the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be a fast-moving game, and, and maybe if you're if you feel like you're you're losing momentum, passing is the way to go because you can slow down the game and, and create more opportunities for yourself and and hope for a big play downfield. Uh, I'll tell you though, this this Hershey team. Um, their two losses this season are to Argyle, which was a district opponent, and Graham. Those are two stalwarts in, in Region 1 for uh, a Division 1. Uh, from this region, those teams are really the, the premier teams. Add Stephenville into that. So this, this game, if Estacado wins it, is going to um, just show you how good the 2017 Matadors are because Hershey doesn't lose to, to mediocre opponents. They certainly don't, and uh, this will be a big test. I think this will tell our, this game will kind of tell us, you know, more about Estacado than we could have uh, 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 known coming into you know the season. Even uh, it's going to be a tough one, like you said. If you have a back going over two thousand yards, you got to believe that they're doing something right up front. Yeah, he, he, he just on his averages, he'll eclipse three thousand yards in this football game. Yeah, those are crazy numbers no matter how you stack it, especially, uh, you know, in this classification. Uh, obviously, everybody uh, uh, runs the ball, or they not run the ball, but, you know, uh, um, Estacado, if you put their two running backs' numbers together, I think you're looking at the same mark almost. That's exactly right. Yeah, I was, do- <laughs> I was doing the research on that. It's, it's about the same, which is good. You know, if, if someone gets hurt, like, you could probably get the same production. And, and these two running backs – you know they might be they might be capable of it if if the other one didn't exist and that was the route they had to go. They're fortunate that they're not in that position. But I just feel like it's going to be really hard for either team to pull away in this game because they're playing styles. How reliant they are on their running games. It's going to be a fast moving game, and I think it might come down to the last possession. I'm still torn on who I'm going to pick on the Lone Star Varsity uh, Pick'em Show, which will be out. Uh, Wednesday at some point on Facebook Live. Should be a lot of fun. We'll hope you you guys join us there. But moving on, uh, we've got a lot of Lubbock area teams going the other direction to to play El Paso teams. And um, here's a a game that uh, could be interesting because it it features two 10-win teams. It's Coronado 11-0 versus El Paso del Valley, which is 10-1. They'll play at 4 p.m. Central Time Friday in Roswell, New Mexico. So that's 3 p.m. Mountain Time where the game's actually be playing. But for all points and purposes, if you're listening on radio, that's a, a 4 p.m. kickoff when you're sitting at home in Lubbock. And this game, it's it's uh, this this conquistador team looks a little scary. You've got a quarterback Raymond Montez, 168 for 254 yards, 2,338 passing yards. By the way, his completion percentage is 66%. I think that's really good for a high school player. I agree. Uh, 18 touchdowns to five interceptions and also has 866 rushing yards on the ground. So the good news is that virtually all their offense is routed through him. There's a running back with 600 yards. But for the most part, if you can get to Montez, you win the game. And um, this is going to be Del Valle's first trip outside of El Paso all season. And and that's basically – the same for all these El Paso teams. There are thousands of high schools, it seems like, out that direction. Uh, and they don't, they don't like to travel very far. And, and who can blame them? Because Lubbock is probably the next biggest city to them. Or Midland, Odessa, either way, six or seven hours up the road. So these, these teams are, are pretty insulated from the rest of the state. And I think that's historically been the criticism about El Paso, that 
they, you know, you always get this premier city team, but then it, it doesn't know how to react when it runs into, um, you know, a, a, a more centralized West Texas team. But this team on paper passes all the tests. So Coronado, you know, you just got to look at their strengths. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, these El Paso teams, I believe, have to deal with some rules that they're not used to whenever they travel outside of El Paso. But, uh, yeah, Coronado's strengths, I mean, where do we begin? <laughs> they, they have quite a few this year. Uh, this has been a really potent uh, Coronado team on both sides of the ball, you know, early on. Uh, even if you talk to Coach Parr, you know, he'll, he'll mention that early on they were struggling – or not struggling, but they were uh, – uh, not the offense wasn't moving or, uh, as productive as maybe they had preferred. And they leaned on their defense a little bit, which I think that's where you start in this one, especially with a quarterback like Montez. You start with the defense. You, uh, uh, you got to get to them, obviously. They got the players to do so. We've said it all year. Uh, their defensive line is good, and they got a pot or they got a, a good set of linebackers. Uh, uh, I think the secondary uh, is where they maybe have struggled down the line. I'm not too sure. I'd have to go back and look at that one. But yeah, the defense has played really well, and the uh, offense has really complemented it here late in the uh, in the season. Um, Quay Gray and company. What can we say? You know, he's reaching. I believe almost five thousand yards or four thousand. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's yeah, over. He's, he's, he's on. Over. He's on pace for what he did last year at four thousand. I don't think he's quite there yet, but he's okay, yeah. he's getting close. Yeah, uh, you know Blair Conright. I think is one of the most impressive players out Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Um, I'm always impressed every time I see him. He's fast down the line. Coach Parr again, very complimentary of Blair Conright. He's a smart kid. He's fast and athletic. Uh, um, I've seen him, you know, go one-on-one -on -one up in the air and come down with the ball with any cornerback, you know, in this area. He's hard to take down, and I think he's going to be a big uh, factor in this game when it comes down to it, especially, uh, you know, uh, you know, in the pass game. Exactly. I, th I think you're right. Um, it's, it's hard to find any flaws with this Coronado team, uh, but it's hard to find them with the Valley when you look at them on paper. So I think we've got a really interesting game on our hands. By the way, if you're wondering if the game, why the game is in Roswell, New Mexico, it's just neutral site. Uh, I talked to Coach Parr, and he was telling me all the all the details. Like they almost slipped for a home and home on this one, and that'd be a disaster for the uh, the yeah, losing team. I think we found out uh, um, from the Cooper one that you know if you do home home, then even if you win this year, somewhere down the line you're going to be on the losing right. end of that. Right, and it's an expensive <clears throat> bus ride when you think about buying diesel fuel to take buses, which don't go very fast and. They uh, do you, not. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got, let's say it's like a 7 p.m. kickoff, like people are spending money on hotels. The team isn't going to take any chances for liability. they got to stay in a hotel overnight and then get back on the bus once it's daylight again. So it, it just became a whole ordeal. So they looked at a couple of New Mexico stadiums. Some of those stadiums are hosting New Mexico playoff games. Roswell was not, and that's why the game is in Roswell. And, by the way, they'll be using Odessa chapter officials for this football game. That's interesting. I didn't, uh, Permian Basin, you mean? Permian Basin, yeah. I, the parts at Odessa, so I don't know if there's like a division between Midland and Odessa. I could totally see that those two cities don't like each other at all. <laughs> no, um, they used Permian Basin officials for the uh, Estacado and the Levinland game. So that's not surprising that they kind of uh, – because in, in terms of location, that's – pretty neutral <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and um you know they, 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 these are your two games uh they will be played at grande communication stadium in midland they'll got me, have got permian, me a doubleheader yeah they'll have permian basin officials just like these other games and it's uh, two lubbock area teams versus two el paso teams your 4 p.m game 
this is really fun. Uh, it's Lubbock Cooper, 7-4, and four, versus El Paso Parkland, 9-2, 4 p.m., Midland Grande Communication Stadium. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting game because this El, this El Paso team is far more uh, – Offensive, far more bigger offensive numbers than uh, than Cooper. You've got AJ Briggs at quarterback, 209 for 302. That's a 69 percent completion rating, uh, 3,452 yards, 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 10 interceptions, uh, three three 3.5 to to one as far as touchdown to interceptions. Probably a little bit of room to improve. I think. I think you'd really like your high school quarterback to be four and one, but not bad. And then uh, running back Deion Hankins is the other complementary factor. 193 rushes, <laughs> 1,795 yards, 20 touchdowns. But this is a team that's never been out of El Paso, so we don't really know how they're going to stack up. And Cooper beat these guys in the second round last year, 48-28. to But that Cooper team was probably a little bit more healthy and had uh, star quarterback Jarrett Dagey. So I think that this game's going to be really tight. I think this is going to be a really fun one. I think it is going to be very fun. Um, I was talking to Coach Cat almost right before we came into this, and uh, he was very complimentary of their running back. Um, I, I think that's where his main concern is right now, maybe, is uh, stopping the run game. Um, in terms of health, like you said, they're banged up. Um, I think in the secondary is where they've suffered quite a bit. Uh, I believe they had to start a freshman at cornerback this year, mm -hmm. but it's still a really good freshman. Um, uh, we saw on the clip in the coaches show, which is up on Lone Star Varsity right now, if you want to take a look. But we saw this freshman uh, take one to the house. So they have some players. With the flu. With the flu. His one play of the game. He had to sit out the rest of it. But, uh, no, uh, this team has come a long ways in terms of having to deal with adversity. Brendan Mel, I feel like, has really fallen into form here late in the season after, you know, having a split time, which might be just be a case of, you know, shaking some nerves off early. Um, the varsity level, believe it or not, going from JV to varsity or freshman to varsity, you got to get used to the speed. When they mention varsity speed, that's no joke. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were talking about this at a restaurant last night, just yeah. the, the adjustment. I, I think Brendan Mel, yeah, he's going to be special. I think – Going into next season is, is when you rank the Lubbock area quarterbacks, well, he's going to be the most experienced, so you think he's going to be the best. And, and this is going to be a big step for him, win or lose, uh, against uh, a good Parkland team. Okay, yeah, like you said, uh, he's going to be one of the more experienced quarterbacks out here uh, come next year. And, uh, you, you know, uh, you don't want to think about next year. You want to kind of, like, keep your mind set on this year and what they're going to do and uh, – yeah, we saw a Cooper team, you know, when we were breaking it down, that does a lot of th things offensively and defensively. I was impressed with – I've always been impressed with their defense. Um, banged up, yes, but still were able to come away with a huge win on Friday. I remember sitting there in the press box getting the text from Coach Cat. And, uh, you know, we were the only ones, I guess, that believed in them coming into that game. <laughs> he was really appreciative of, of the, uh, the pickums that we did. I thought that was a good pick. I thought, yeah. I thought so, too. I think that they're a good team. I, mean, I, I, I don't think on any week, you know, any opponent, it's not – I don't think picking against Cooper is out of, no. out of the question in any game. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, among, you know, the first four districts, I think you'd have to say that – 
the four five A one is, is the strongest. There are I think so. there, there are four teams from it advancing to the second round, and I think you could make an argument that all four might be advancing to the uh, regional semifinal round, which is what they did last year. So I thought that was an okay bet. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's crazy at all. Yeah. I, I like these teams. I like Monterey. I like Coronado. I like Cooper. I think they're really good teams. So then your final game, after you turn that story around in about a 45-minute span, which is which is quite a feat. I always like get this runner's high after, after I complete mm-hmm. something like that. Monterey, 7-4 and four, versus El Paso Andrus, 9-2. and two. Uh, this is a game that uh, Monterey – actually, Mon- Monterey played Eastlake in this round last year and won yeah, 59-26. Yeah. To, to um, this Andrus team, they average a 45-17 to 17 win, but they've never gone outside of El Paso before. Which, like you mentioned, a lot of these teams haven't. Um, in terms of travel and everything, I don't know uh, how far – how it affects El Paso because I've only ever – been in texas traveling um i know there were some games where we would travel over six hours maybe mm-hmm. uh, clint fabens which I, I guess that's more el paso area mm-hmm. more so yeah um but I, I don't know i don't know how far how much it gets you down i know when you get rested up you try to stay rested on the drive down uh well we'll see how they adjust to everything you know like you said they haven't been outside of el paso all year but uh, travel is a must in this time of year, and you got to answer the call. Uh, there's a lot of elements that go into, you know, the postseason and the playoffs. And uh, first up on, on, you know, the menu that you got to kind of take care of is, you know, preparation for the other team. Yeah, I think one of Monterey's biggest strengths going into this game is just their defensive secondary. It seems like every single game they're they're walking away with two or three interceptions. Uh, I think, and then on on offense, which is what we saw last week, and we talked about a lot. I think that Monterey plays well when they get off to a very quick start offensively, and if they don't, then they're, they're not the team that they could be. So I think every single game, the, if you're a Monterey fan going to the playoffs, you're going to feel pretty good if they have 14 to 21 points after the first quarter. You're not going to feel very good about any game if, if they're around 7 or 0. I, th- I think that that's probably the rule of thumb. That's been the rule of thumb. I think that they're just going to finish off their season that way no matter where, where the ending point is. Yeah, like we, I think we said it last week on the show. Uh, it depends on what Monterey team shows up that day. Um, they have really special players, and they can do a lot of big things. It's just sometimes they run into some trouble. Um, I'm, I've always been impressed with Monterey, uh, the way they run things, um, offensively and defensively. And like you said, I, I think their defense is a little under, maybe underrated just because you're coming out of a district that has – very good defenses but uh a defensive line i believe they're they've got some pretty big boys and then uh, like you said the secondary uh, two or three interceptions a game that's no joke so like we said this is uh this is the banner week for lubbock and then some of these teams beginning in the third round these district teams will start cannibalizing each other which is which is always fun i love those second i like i like that <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite words i only get to use it in the in the playoffs uh, yeah, they we'll, we'll start to see a lot of uh, familiar matchups. Those are my favorite. You know, when you get these second opportunity games, not really seeing it on on the the five A level uh, or the even the four A, but you're going to start seeing it uh, very soon in, in the three A and two A levels, and that's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be the theme next week. This week is about carrying the banner. You've got Estacado going to Wichita Falls. Uh, you've got the three surviving five A teams from the region that are going to play El Paso teams. 
it's it's a it's a week to represent Lubbock. That's that's one of the themes going into this week, and we'll see which area has the best football. Is it Wichita Falls and their game against Estacado? Is it Lubbock against El Paso, or is El Paso, which has thrown surprises before, going to surprise any of these teams? Yeah, uh, I think El Paso football has come a long way in the last couple of years. We've seen them uh, put up some big numbers against teams that you know I've, I've always considered really good. Um, yeah, it's going to be a banner week for Lubbock. I think uh, everybody was complimentary of the area on Twitter as soon as everybody made it past the uh, by district. And I kind of knew that they these teams, we saw them all year. So it was no surprise to me that, you know, they got out of the by district. But now, you know, the, the competition is going to continue to get tougher every week. Venturing off into the unknown. That's going to do it for us. We will be back with the uh, Lone Star Varsity preview show, which is uh, – uh, a Wednesday feature. Not sure what uh, the holiday is going to do to the start time, uh, but no matter what, it's always available on replay on the Lone Star Varsity Facebook page. In the meantime, go to LoneStarVarsity.com. We had a good show with uh, Cooper coach Max Catwinkle as he broke down his win against Dumas. Our preview articles are starting to trickle on as, as we're trying to put the pedal to metal so we can spend some time with our friends and families for Thanksgiving. Can't wait to get to Friday, though, and we will see you very soon. Have a happy Thanksgiving.